guys, Princess here, and welcome to episode three of Buy Pumpkin. Hey guys, I um, almost forgot to record this podcast. I got busy, this is still new to me, and I was like, you know, running errands today, running all around. I, I feel like I drove like 300 fucking miles today. Uh, one of my kids uh, had an unsupervised visit for the first time, so there was a whole thing with that. I, um, I met a bio parent today. That was strange. They were very shocked that I was a black person. I don't know how to feel about that. You know, I've just decided not to take it on. Um, if you listen to Bitch Sess, I think it's June Diane that is like one of their like main guest guest um, hosts, and she talks about not taking things on, and that really rings true to me because it's something that like my mom does. Like my mom is the OG of the curve. Like she really just does not allow things to like even enter her bubble if she doesn't want to deal with it. She doesn't, like, she famously, like, a relative sent her a Facebook message about borrowing money. My mom just deleted it because, and when I asked her about it, she was like, well, you know, the algorithms are all fucked up. There's no reason she'd be asking me for money. That's just ridiculous. So I didn't even answer because I just knew it was, like, spam. Oh, Mark Zuckerberg fucked something up. Like, that's how my mom is. She just really, like, is a matrix level ninja type chick at like just swerving and just being like, nope, 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 not taking that on. And that's just kind of what I've decided like in that moment. I try to be more like my mom, even though she's batshit crazy in a lot of ways, but there's some ways I want to be more like her. And in that moment when the parent was like super confused that I was a black person and like not even just like, confused like in a oh like confused like it took her like 30 seconds to process what was going on like that I was the foster parent and that like I'm the person that has the kids normally like it was so hard for her to process that and I was just like but I can't take this on like I'm the burden of you being surprised by this is not gonna go on me I just have to let you I, you got to keep it on you. I can't take it. And so I was just part of my day. The rest of the day, I like, I spent like, you know, uh, doing errand shopping, running around with fucking kids, you know, doing shit like that. And I just got home and was like, hmm, I gotta do something today, don't I? Oh yeah, I gotta record that fucking podcast I started. So apologies for that, but also you're welcome for me remembering. <laughs> That's the long and the short of that. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much all I I was doing today. Um, this week, we'll be talking about Flavor of Love, Season 1, Episode 3, A Friend of Flav's is a Friend of Mine. And it is one of the classic Meet My Friends episodes. If you guys remember later iterations of this show, like with, um, For the Love of Ray J, he all, like, people always bring, they have... Even Flav in, in later seasons would do, would do like barbecues where he'd bring over friends. Like I think he'd bring out one of the Yin Yang twins one one year and various other rappers. Um, Ray J brought over various rappers. And that's where you get that song, Danger, She Smashed the Homies. Because there was a girl on the show that he called Danger because she had a tattoo of a goddamn tiger on the side of her face. Now, this was many, many years before all these face tattoo rappers. It was many years. And it's not like, I don't know. She, she was a very pretty girl. A pretty, pretty woman. I'm trying to be better about that. She was a woman, not a girl. Girls are children. She's a very pretty woman with a very large tattoo of a tiger on her face that she could not explain how it got there. And I'm not quite sure if it's just from that or from later things that happened in the show. I do remember that I was under the impression she had mental illness issues, that she had underlying mental illnesses, and therefore that tiger tattoo had something to do with, with that. And not in a, well, that girl's crazy, Oh, she must be crazy. She got a tattoo on her face. Not like that. Not like dismissive like that. Like, I was like, oh, she's been through some things. She's like 
going through some things. And that tiger on the face is a symptom of that, not like, not a symptom of her like, I'm just a wild child, but that's how Ray J took it. And so he named her Danger when he was giving her her slave name. So um, the his friends came over and it turns out, so keep in mind, Ray J's an LA guy. He grew up in LA. He works, in, he lives, he's been in LA all his life around industry people. I mean, he's just an LA guy. And the thing was, so was this danger girl. She was an LA girl. She'd just been around. And like, I'm trying to figure out a nice way to put that because it sounds so when you talk about a woman and you say she's been around, it makes it sound like pass around, which is definitely different. Okay. That sounds like actually the person Ray J married princess love is would be her face would be in the dictionary next to pass around because she was one of what is that Tuesday Floyd Mayweather I was about to say the woman the guy who beats women and and can't read but makes a lot of money boxing but thank god I remember his name Floyd Mayweather um he has many girlfriends and one of them was Princess Love and Ray J used to run around with uh the Mayweather uh, money team and and after some late nights she started dating Ray J and I think she actually stole a lot of money from Floyd when she left I'm not sure but like that idea that like and there's rumors that Floyd gifted her to Ray I don't know if I believe those rumors, but those are the rumors that he gifted her to Ray J. And that's how they started dating is that, is that Floyd was like, you know what, Ray? Thanks for bringing over the Chinese food. Princess. Ray, you can have princess now. That's, that's the rumor of it. And, and she's, and you know, so she's always had this pass around rumor behind her. In any case, what I'm talking about is that during, um, I think it's season one. For the love of Ray J, Ray J's having a party. Some rappers and some LA guys come over. Some various people come over. And they know Danger because several of them have slept with her or a couple of them have slept with her. Not even, you know, I, I haven't watched the episode in a very long time. But it's not even like seven of them have slept with her. And you're just like, oh, okay, well, she's really working in a small circle here. No, I think it was like one slept with her and like one went on a date with her. And again, you think, you think LA is a big place. Not that I know anything about it, but I'm just saying you think LA is a big place, but it can also be very segregated in a lot of ways. And if you run with a certain circle in LA, you're going to run into the same people over and over again. And that might be a crowd that's around Ray J. That's, that, that might be it. And so anyway, in an incredibly mean turn of events, you know, they all tell Ray J, you know, we know that girl, blah, blah, blah. So-and-so had sex with her. And I saw her one time at the, at the fucking Ralph's or whatever the fuck they decided. And they came up with a song, Danger, She Smashed the Homies. And that is the name of the song. It is the words to the song. And they said it like 50 million times. Like they were all singing. Like just imagine like seven or eight people plus Ray J singing about. It's, it's kind of gross. But that's probably the most famous of the um, of the Meet My Friends episode um, on these type of shows. The other one, maybe Boots in season two, maybe? Is it two? I think she's on season two. A Flavor of Love. Shaking her ass. <laughs> Shaking her ass for the Yin Yang twin, Twins. But um, in her defense, she's from Atlanta. So the Yin Yang Twins, stripping and twerking are, strippers are Atlanta's biggest export and twerking is a way of life. Grandma's twerking Atlanta. So like in a lot of ways, what she was doing, what she bending over and, and twerking in front of the Yin Yang Twins was like giving out a business card. I Even at the time I was like, well, is that really that bad? And she's a stripper from Atlanta. She's twerking her cakes. What do you want? She's doing her thing. I don't know. 
probably to if I watched it today, I, I'd be even less scandalized. I'd be like, oh, good job, Boots. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so this is what this episode is one of the Meet the Friends episode. And you start off, it's morning, and the girls are outside smoking their cigarettes or whatever. And, um, you know, basically they're talking about what it takes to fight for love in this competition. And Hadi is talking about she'll do anything. She'll cut up your clothes. She'll throw your shit away. She'll do whatever it takes to, to fight for love. And everyone is shocked, but I don't know. I find some of their shock. I find if their shock is real, it's it's them being naive. And if it's not real, it's them playing for the camera. Because the, the idea that people don't realize that in a, um, a competition like this, even if it's a, a love competition, the fact is people will do the craziest things. Like, we're on a reality TV show. And so, like, I was just kind of looking at them like, don't, I don't know. Even if you weren't on a reality TV show, if you were in, like, some sort of relationship where, I don't know, you're on and off with your boyfriend, he's also on and off with his ex, I mean... Cutting up some of these clothes is, I don't know. I'm just not shocked by it. I'm just not shocked by it. Um, also, Hottie's much smaller than I remember from my first view. I am at, I remember Hottie being very big. She is not. I mean, she's bigger than some of the other girls, but I don't know. I wonder why I thought that. You know what else I did that to? On um, Shayna Mokler and Travis Barker's reality TV show they had. In the early 2000s, I'm, I, I'm assuming. They had a, really, a reality TV show called Meet the Parkers. And, you know, Shayna has a kid with Oscar De La Hoya, Uncle the Daisy De La Hoya, runner-up to Rock of Love season two? Season one. It might have been season one. Anyway, so she has a kid, and the kid's name is Atiana. Atiana is a very beautiful girl. At the time, she's like six, maybe seven. Shayna and Travis's son, Landon, is a baby. He's like a year old. And they're about to have Alabama. Guys, here's a part where I want to spend like 40 minutes talking about Alabama Barker, but I'm not going to. You'll have a lot of complicated feelings about her and her Instagram. But if you'd like to head on over to Alabama's Instagram and guess how old she is and and also think about where is her parental supervision, feel free to do so after you finish listening to this podcast. Anyway, so um, Shayna and Travis, you know, they have the two younger kids, newborn and like a year old or two year old uh landed and Atiana the first time I watched this show when it was on the fucking air I thought Ati I thought it was so sad that Atiana was so ugly I was like wow that kid is so ugly I didn't know who her father was I just knew that Shane it was from a previous relationship I didn't know who her father was it wasn't like making a statement on anything except for the fact that I was like that kid running around I always I recall the way I recall it was that she had like a dirty face a unibrow and was just and like a big gap in her teeth I thought she was so ugly it's like wow it's so sad that Shayna Mokla so pretty known for being pretty known for working with Miss Universe known for being a playboy playmate or whatever bunny or whatever the fuck they call him known for being like a hot piece of ass just basically having her whole life be about what she looks like from head to toe has this babe, has this kid, and it's ugly. Really looks like a critter or some sort. That's what, and I took that with me for many, many years after that. And maybe 2000, 2017 or 2018, I was in the Emotionally Broken Psychos Facebook group. Rest in peace. And people were starting to talk about Alabama Barker what I just said about her. And I didn't know anything about her. I didn't know anything about that kid. But I remember watching the that reality TV show. And I also remember, um, I also remember reading his book. And there's some weird shit in the book. And so I was talking about the weird shit that's in the book. And I also mentioned that I'd watched a reality TV show many, many years ago. And it wasn't such a sad thing that that Atiana little girl was so fucking ugly. And people were like, 
what the fuck you talking about, girl? <laughs> I was like, yeah, remember she had, like, a misshapen face and shit, and, like, a unibrow. I don't know. She was just really, so sad. She was not conventionally beautiful. And and to everyone's credit, no one said, bitch, you cray. But I decided, because I just reread the book, I decided to go back and watch Meets Barker's first few episodes. And I was like, and I watched it. There's nothing wrong with that fucking little girl. Nothing wrong with her. She's a cute little girl. I don't know why I thought she looked like something from Deliverance. I don't know why. I just don't. But that's just one example of how our memories can't always be trusted, you know? How our impressions of something aren't necessarily about what actually happened, but also our feelings go back and change those uh, memories. Maybe I was like feeling some vibes about the fact that she was like somebody else's kid and they lived there and, and Travis was like constantly in love with like he Trav and during that show and we read that book, Travis is in love with his kids. Landon and Alabama are like the most important things to him in his entire life. And you can see it. You can just see it. And maybe I was like reacting from that, or maybe I was drunk. I don't fucking know. But it's one of those things where when you actually go back and rewatch something, they don't look the same. And a lot of the girls in this show, don't, like like I said, I thought Hottie was much bigger than she is. I thought Goldie was bigger than she is. Um, I remember thinking, because if you've, I mean, obviously you've seen the season of the show. I'm not spoiling anything. But Sister Patterson shows up, um, New York's mother, and she calls her fat. And I remember thinking, oh, yeah, because, you know, she had a few pounds on her. New York looks skinny as fuck. I don't know why. Uh, I remember Hoops being prettier than she is now when I'm looking at it. She's not. She looks angry a lot. It might be her eyebrow. She's wearing her eyebrows like she's from East LA or something. Um, I don't fucking know. But let's just say my memory is not good. And so I'm kind of glad to be watching this again. Okay, so whatever. It's the morning. They're getting another flavor again. Uh, Flavor Graham made by uh, Microsoft Publisher. Five of the women will get to go on a date and meet Flav's old friends. He's already picked a girl. Causes some problems. The girls are a little annoyed by it. But everyone is excited. Sweetie thinks she might meet President Clinton. And I was like, oh my god, Clinton was president when this was filmed? No. No. This is 2006. No. I don't fucking know. Anyway, um, but this is old. A lot of girls think it's public enemy or Chuck D, which good guess, but listen, I don't even, I think even Chuck D was like, I'm not gonna be on this. No ma'am to this shit. Um And the person the friends like the most is gonna go on a date tonight. Again, old staple of this type of um challenge. Uh but here's the twist. They find out that what they mean is they're taking Flav to an old, they're taking them to an old folks home to meet Flav's old friends. I don't get why this is a thing. I don't get why they did this. Is it because he's supposed to be old? He's like 46, which is, do I think 46 is old? Not really. I think 46 is definitely old enough to fucking know better. And I think 46 is too old to be in here trying to date 21 year olds. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I just don't like whose idea was this? This is dumb. I know it wasn't Flav's idea because Flav, as they get there in the in the Hummer limo, Flav has to read the name of the old folks' home off the the building. Like he's obviously reading it and he's not a good reader. He doesn't even go in, guys. These are his old friends. He doesn't even go in. He doesn't even go in. He sits in the car. By the way, as they get out, the last person gets out, I can't tell who it is. I think it's Peaches. I think it's the only white girl in the car. Um, He slaps their ass. And because they added a sound effect to it, it, it makes it sound like he slapped it harder than he did. Like, my first when I first saw it, I was like, oh, why did he hit her? And he hit her so hard. But then I realized they did that after... They added that in. 
Either way, it was gross. And then afterwards, he does this like gripping thing with his hand, like, yeah. And and because the girl was in the middle of saying thank you, because she's getting out of the car, it sounded like he hit her ass really hard and a smack happened. And then she goes, thank you. Really gross. Really fucking gross. Um, oh, you know, this is girl Sweetie's outfit. She's wearing a camel outfit with one leg that has pants on one side. And the other leg is like hot. It's like really short shorts. I don't, what the fuck is she wearing? What the fuck were all of them wearing? So, as we get going, this, it's, this old folks home is not just any old folks home. It's not just any senior center, center, okay guys? It feels like it's an old folks home for reality TV show hams. All of the people in there seem to be intent on being on camera. Which is understandable because because you're filming a show. That's it. They're like entirely too game. They're asking people to rub their feet. One one lady was like, "Can you help me put my teeth in?" Which means she wanted someone to put their hands in a glass of water, grab her dentures, and then use their fingers to put them back in her mouth. In what world would that have been okay? She tries to get New York to do it. And New York is very much listen. Baby, I can't do this. And she kind of like slides on the fuck out of there and goes outside to smoke a cigarette. Um, yeah, if I had to say New York had a best friend in the house, it'd be her pack of cigarettes. She's always with her pack of cigarettes. She's outside smoking like, I can't do this shit. And Flav sees her in the Hummer truck. He's in the Hummer truck. He leans out and is like, hey, New York, go back in there. What are you doing? And she's like, oh, hey, Flav. Hey, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then she turns and her face changes like, motherfucker. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Guess who does do the teeth thing? Sweetie. Sweetie does it because she is a sweetie. And I don't know. She ends up winning. She ends up winning. That's what happens. I guess they're just like, oh, she did the most. And later she ends just Flav and Sweetie go on a date. She is talking to camera saying she thinks it's going to be an A-list place where only the best of the best get in, which is shocking that she thinks that there's an A-list place where they only let certain people in and flavor place can get in. But okay. So she she's very, she's like, oh, he's going to take me someplace exclusive. Guess where he's taking her? Fucking Red Lobster. Now, I love a chain restaurant, okay? People make fun of chain restaurants all the time. I love a chain restaurant. You know why? Because I know what the fuck I'm going to get there. That's why people like chain restaurants. It's not because... It's not because... They hate local businesses and they're sheep. That's not what it is. It's because you kind of want to know what you're going to get. And also... Just because something's a local business doesn't mean it's good. And I far I'm not gonna go try this unknown place when there's a Texas Roadhouse right up the street that'll give me some nice rolls and this thing called Roadkill, which is like a chopstick with like mushrooms and onions and cheese, but I just get it with mushrooms and cheese. And it's delicious. And a um a baked sweet potato with uh butter and brown sugar and marshmallows on it. It's like a dessert. Yeah. So I, I'm certainly not turning down a red lobster. If it's good enough for Beyonce, it's certainly too good for me. So sure. That said, though, the way Flav was talking, like, but if I asked you, do you want to go to a red lobster or a Chili's? I'd be like, you want to just go up to this fucking Chili's up the street? I wouldn't be like, let me take you to the nicest place I know. Red lobster. No, I'd be like, listen, um... Olive Garden is running that fat people special, which is basically where you order a meal and then they give you a meal and go home. Which I'd love to see. I'd love to sit in on the marketing meetings for that. But yeah, let's go to that. My friends would be like, yeah, let's go. Flav says Red Lobster. Let me make sure I get this right. He says it was an elegant place before it got too popular. 
any place where someone might bring you a plastic ramekin. When I mean a ramekin is the little cup sauces come in. And sometimes, I've worked a lot in hospitality, guys. Some t- ramekins are really easy to lose because they're small. They fall off plates. Uh, they go in the trash a lot. The, a lot of times, the trash can might have like a um, a magnet on it to catch silverware and keep and keep you from your cost of silverware from being so up and throwing it the fuck away. But um, ramekins are usually plastic, or they're made out of um, plastic, but not. Mm, not disposable plastic. I, I hope you understand what I'm trying to say here. So you lose ramekins a lot. And you only get so much money a year to spend on buying new silverware, new ramekins, things like that. And so any place, so when they when they don't have enough of them and a meal causes, like at Red Lobster, they have plenty of meals that go with cocktail sauce or tartar sauce. Where a meal requires you to put a ramekin on the plate, what they'll do is they'll use a plastic disposable ramekin. Like you might use in a, t- in a takeout thing. And they'll put that on there. Anytime you could go to a restaurant and they might have one of those plastic disposable ramekins on your plate, it's not a nice restaurant. It cannot be by default. As soon as, the fact that anyone in the back is like, yeah, let's do that, means it's not a nice restaurant. So I find it so funny. Flav's talking about Red Lobster like... He grew up next to the first Red Lobster, and it was a mom-and-pop place. It was a really elegant place where all the people went after prom and, like, for wedding anniversaries. And then it started franchising, and then it got too popular. That's the way Flav talks about it, which is not Red Lobster story, just so you know. Anyway, they're there. You know what? If it had been me, I'd have been like, okay, just bring me some biscuits, and, like, I'll deal with this. <laughs> he also says congrats to her on winning a date, which is a little weird to me. Because he picked her for the date. It would be like if, if like, I invited you to lunch and then when we got there, I was like, congrats on getting this lunch with me. It's weird. But also, he's weird. He's like eating like an animal. He's eating like a wild fucking animal, guys. He's putting salt on everything. He's like, I guess he's actually eating a lobster, a red lobster, which is shocking. But okay. Um, he's eating a lobster. He's like, ripping the meat out of it he just looks like he's never been anywhere and this is where I want to like take a moment and remind you there is absolutely nothing attractive about Flavor Flav nothing listen he might be easy to he might be mesmerizing in a certain way this very dark man he's like little he's got gold teeth he rhymes a lot he likes to hop around I can see being like, what the fuck is he going to do? Like, not being able to take your eyes off of him. He's like, like I said, he's a dark, impish court gesture. That's what he is. And so, yeah, I might look at him, but the idea that he would flood anyone's basement, that anyone would be like, I've got to change my underwear because I was looking over there at that man and I got too hot and bothered. And I gotta get, I gotta throw these underwears right out. I scorched them right off. Mm-mm. I know he's got six kids. I know people sleep with them. People sleep with all kinds of people. I'm gonna tell you that if that no one is attracted to Flavor Flav in that way, and the people that do sleep with Flavor Flav and want to sleep with Flavor Flav aren't even attracted to him in that way. I think. People sleep with people for a number of reasons. Insatiable lust is one of them. I don't think anybody's ever slept with Flavor Flav because they had insatiable lust for him. I'm going to leave it at that. And if they did, if they saw this scene of him eating, it would immediately leave their bodies. Okay. Even though I just said that, I want to backtrack for a second because I truly believe there's a lid for every pot. I truly believe. And I saw it from my own fucking eyes. When I lived in Chicago, I was at a bus stop. I walked into the bus stop and two people were making out. And these were the ugliest people I've ever seen in my life. The ugliest people. Like, they look like fucking Picasso paintings. Their eyes were not in the right place. Like, their features, like they had a mouth on the top. It was weird. 
They didn't even look human. That's how unattractive they looked. And they were going at it. They were, I thought they were going to make an ugly ass baby right there. They were humping each other, licking each other. They were all in each other. At one point I was like, I think this is a public health hazard. You cannot do this at a bus stop. This is ridiculous. But I just have to sit there reading my book while the two of them climbed inside of each other's mouths and licked each other's tonsils. And I remember just thinking to myself, remember this moment, princess. Remember this moment. There's a lid for every fucking pot in this world. Every, there is somebody for everybody. Including these two things over here. Including Mr. Drayton. Mr. William Drayton, a.k.a. Flavor Flav. So please don't take me as saying that I can't imagine anybody being lustfully, insatiably lustfully attracted to Flavor Flav as saying that nobody would ever want him. Not saying that people sleep with people for a lot of reasons. People end up with people for a lot of reasons. I'm just saying he knows it. I know it. Sweetie knows it. Producers know it. Nobody looks at him and goes, can't wait to fuck the dog shit out of this guy. No one says that. As for the two ugly people at the bus stop, I think about them all the time. I wonder if they're still together. Um, Back at home, while this is all going on, Sirius, Hoops, and Goldie are trying to teach Pumpkin and the other white girl to dance, which is exactly the kind of stuff you do if you were stuck in a house with a bunch of women while the man you're competing with, like four, is out with another girl. This is exa- you're, you're bored. I mean, they, they must be so fucking bored. A lot, they're kind of sick of Sirius. Um, she's been talking about modeling a lot. Um, they're over her. Um, strangely, in these scenes, I'm wondering about whether they film these things, not films, but show these things out of context because Pumpkin and New York are like next to each other and and like interacting with each other. But last week they like had a knockdown dragon on fight. So why would they be doing that? And it's not unusual for them to to play these things out of context. But, yeah, they're at home doing that. And they're just having, I mean, they're actually having fun. So, which is more than what I think Sweetie is having. Because Flav eventually says to Sweetie, if I wanted to taste your mouth, how long would it take you to come across? I don't... Why would he say that? Why would he say that? She... She says like a month. Because she doesn't move too fast. So, like three more weeks. And maybe that's true. Maybe it is true that she does... That she like... It it would take a long time because she's just not... She doesn't move that fast when it comes to dating. But could it also be that like... You're on this date at a Red Lobster with all these lights in your face and there's a camera and an operator right there and also a producer and maybe like a sound guy. And like, so there are like three people standing there along with this stranger, Flavor Flav, who's trying to get you to kiss him and you are not attracted to him. So yeah, you're like, I need at least a month before I can decide whether or not I can kiss you. That can also be true. That's Sounds like me. Like, if I had the misfortune of somehow needing to be on this show and, like, getting on this show, I can see myself being, like, I don't kiss until the 72nd date. Like, I could totally see myself saying some shit like that because who the fuck wants to do that? And, again, Flavor Flav doesn't do it for anybody. So, by the time they leave to go back to the house, Sweetie's saying she thinks there's a lot more to Flav than him just being silly she saw that night. And Flav thinks Sweetie might be too sweet for him. Now, let's go back to the house again. New York's coat is missing. And she thinks Hottie has it. Why? Because remember, at the top of the show, Hottie's over there telling people that she was going to cut people's clothes and throw people's things out. And she's willing to do that for the sake of competition. Now, keep in mind, while she's explaining this to everyone, she's combing her hair, pumpkins in the background. Everyone's just kind of giggling while she's doing this. New York spent... 80% 80% of her time on this show combing her own hair. Petting her weave, combing it, styling it. She was always in her hair. It's like the first time she ever had a weave in her life. Anyway, she puts her hair down long enough to go to the front hottie. 
And Hadi's in the shower. The shower is inside the room. So she, so New York walks through the bedroom that Hadi is in and goes to the shower. And Hadi's still in the shower. And all the other girls kind of trail into the room. It's dark. And they're just kind of listening to them fight. And basically, she just asks, um, did you steal my jacket? I know you said you would. And um, Hadi's like, no, I said it was a possibility. Which means the same fucking thing. But basically, she's like, did you ask? Did you steal it? And Hadi's like, let me just be point blank. No, I didn't take it. I have no reason to take it. I don't want it. And she tells the camera, if I had taken it, I'd say, yes, I took it. I threw it in the street and then I ran my car over it. Which is one of Hadi's funniest lines. Um... And, you know, they're just going back and forth. And eventually, Hottie tells New York that New York is jealous because all of Hottie's friends say that she looks like Beyonce. And when Hottie says that, I'm like, okay, I get it now. All of Hottie's friends are white and not just white people. They're Mormons who aren't, who were never allowed to watch TV ever once in life. And they've heard of a woman named Beyonce and they know that she's black and so they tell Hadi she looks like Beyonce. Keep in mind, even in 2006, Beyonce was like really held up as like a standard of like beauty and hotness and like style. She was, she wasn't folklore like she is today, but people really like Beyonce was like a standard of beauty easily. And so for her to say that, all the rest of the girls just go, what? They like explode and like, how dare you? And this is when New York says one of her most famous lines, and that is, Beyonce, Beyonce, you're like Luther Vandross, which is one of the funniest things she's ever fucking said. Um, if you don't know what Luther Vandross looks like, look him up. He Luther Vandross is, was an R&B soul singer who was a gay man, although he never got to, never came out of the closet. I, as far as I understand, he never came out of the closet in, in his when he was alive. And he was small, but he was also known for getting very big. Like, remember how, remember how Oprah used to get, like, really teeny tiny and get really big, big, and then she'd lose some weight, like, yo-yoing like that? Luther Vandross used to do that. Luther Vandross has some amazing songs. Uh, my mom used to have them on cassette, and I used to steal them and listen to them. And... But one of his songs that like stands out the most to me is a song called Dance With My Father Again. And he, the, I think the song came out after he died. And so whoever wrote the song is not a good writer because the lyrics are cheap and some of them don't even make any fucking sense. The whole song doesn't make any sense because the way it talks, it, it sounds like it was written for a woman and Luther Vandross got it. That's what it sounds like. Because you can interpret it a lot of ways, but it when it would have made a lot more sense for some white country singer to be woman to be singing how she'd love to get one more chance to dance with her father again. I don't know. Anyway, that's my little primer on Luther Vandross. Great guy, great singer, grew up in the church, gospel, um, R&B, some really great like bops. Like if you can go back and listen to some fucking Luther Vandross, like some really good shit, some quiet storm shit. Okay. Quiet Storm, for those of you who don't know, would be like the name of um, a time on the radio where they're playing like love songs and R&B and like your Uncle Luther, if you, because you probably have one if you're a black person, your Uncle Luther or your Uncle Earl or your Uncle Ernest, maybe your great Uncle Ernest is playing and he's singing along and hitching his, uh, and hitching his pants up. And he looks a lot like Flavor Flav. And also, he's never been married. And he's been living with your grandma for as long as you fucking know. And you don't know if he's your grandma's brother or uncle or your daddy's or your great-granddaddy's uncle or brother. You Actually, you don't know how Uncle Ernest is related to y'all. You really don't know. But you know he back there with that little-ass radio, listening to the quiet storm, and that he's going to come out there and he's going to try to get you to hug him and you have to pretend like you got but Infantigo or whatever or something like that or you gotta you gotta pretend like you got like a cough so that you don't have to hug over Ernest because it don't feel good and yeah that's Luther Vandross yeah thank you for coming to my TED talk so 
After all this drama with the coat. By the way, is New York's coat missing? I don't fucking know. I would it, I would not put a past producer to have taken her coat. I would not put a past producer. I would not put a past New York to not have brought a coat. To be lying. I would not. And I, I even wouldn't put it past Hottie to have taken the coat. I really do not know who has the coat. It's one of the great mysteries of the 21st century. Um, so the next day, the rest of the five girls got on a date, which makes a lot of sense. And I think everybody was expecting that because there are five girls left. Five went on, I mean, excuse me there. There are 10 girls total left. Five went on a date yesterday. Five going on a date today. The only person who wasn't expecting it was New York, who is in shambles. She's in tears. She is so upset. She thought she was going on both dates. I don't know why. And she starts crying. And what happens is all the girls are waiting for him downstairs as he comes down the stairs. And New York waylays him. Yes, I said waylays. Because it felt like, I don't know, it, it felt like a waylay. She waylays him and basically cries to him. And he's just like, you know, talking to her. And finally he gives her a pep talk. He reminds me of like when my kids are whining. Like, because they're always fucking whining about something. Uh, they're always like, I'm... They're, I don't know. Uh, my shoelaces are too long. Uh, she, he, she, he reminded me of me when I'm like giving them that pet talk to try to get them out of that whining state. Because he starts talking to her and he's like, who's working that shit? I don't say that to my kids. <laughs> Yo, imagine if, imagine if I'm at school drop off and I do give them each a little pet talk before I let them go. Just like setting our intentions for the day. Just saying to ourselves, like, what do we want today to look like? What are we working on? What's the next step in what we're working on? What's the next right thing to use, like, sobriety talk? But, like, to be like, okay, if I want this big lofty goal today, what can I do? So we're giving a little pep talk. Remember, what if, like, when they were getting out of the car and they're like, you know, I'm fixing their little jackets or whatever last minute things, making sure they have money for ice cream at lunch, and they go, who's working that shit? Who's working it? Who's working that shit with your genuine ass? That's what Flav says to her. And she's like, me, me. And when he says genuine ass, she kind of turns around and kind of like pokes her ass out of it. She's still half crying, and she half shakes her ass at him. And he slaps it. Art, guys. Pure fucking art. So, the second date, the second um, five set of girls, they go and play with some kids. Um, kind of be some balance. The Yesterday, the girl, they were playing, playing. Yesterday, they were hanging out with old folks. Today, they're hanging out with kids. Now, supposedly, this is a little girl named Lulu's birthday party. Now, one of two things must be true. Either Lulu's kids, Lulu's parents do not fucking love her. Because they threw a last-minute birthday party and let it be filmed on Flavor of Love. Or, more likely, all these fucking, all these kids, all these people came from Central Casting. Because there is no fucking way. Like, none of those kids were blurred out. So they got waivers from all their parents. And it was a regular birthday party. And someone said, hey, we're filming for a reality TV show. We're going to have these strange women come in. They're all competing for a chance to love Flavor Flav. Immediately, half the kids would have been out because they're like, no, these, these women are mentally unstable. They're competing for a chance to love Flavor Flav. And no, absolutely not. So this came from Central Casting, obviously. Which also explains why some of those kids were on fucking 10. Because they're actors in training. So, but Flav tells him he's got six kids and he wants four more before he dies. I think he's, I think he's there. He just had another one. Shit. And what's the, what's the deal with people wanting like big, big families and can't support them? I don't understand that desire to have a big, I guess you could say I have a big family. I have five kids right now. Three of them are foster kids and two are adopted. And I actually have room in my house for one more foster kid. I'm just like holding off on it because six kids is a lot of fucking kids. But I also do a podcast called Spelling Tea. You can find it um, at patreon.com backslash EBP is a part of the Emotionally Broken Psychos Network. Um, but basically I focus on spelling, toy spelling content. And she's also someone who wants a, like a really big family, but 
does not have the means to support a big family. And I always wonder about people who say, let's, yeah, let's do another one. Let's have another, I'm, I'm going to have another one. Even Where do they think the money's going to come? Where do they think the time's going to come from? Even with five kids, I'm stretched very thin right now, very thin. And I'm always feeling like I'm not giving enough attention to someone. Like my youngest adopted son has like, a lump of some sort on his neck that I've taken to the doctor for, and I didn't notice it was there. He's eight, and it's not like I'm like on his neck all the time. It's like in a weird spot. But his therapist noticed it and was like, "Did you see this? Do you know what this is?" And I couldn't quite tell, and I felt shitty because maybe a year ago I would have definitely noticed something on his neck. I would have spent enough time with him and interacted with him enough to notice that there's a lump on his neck, and. So when I lived in New York, I had a friend and I still, he's still a friend and I, and I actually do some design work for him, um, who has eight kids. And we always say it's by 10 different mothers, but that's impossible. He has eight kids by like six women. And I always should joke that he, he just got on the subway car and like, jacked off in there and and that's how you got all those fucking kids because who the fuck has time to make all those kids by all those women and i mean they treat him really well on father's day i mean a lot of baby moms didn't get to get along so i mean if something happened and one of his baby mamas was there you had to be like oh sh well you better hope another one doesn't show up because all hell's gonna break loose but the fact is I told him this one day when we were talking candidly. I was like, you know, I really, I always see you with your kids. Like, whenever you see him, he's got two or three of his kids. He's always on his way to do something with his kids. He's always, I mean, that's, his life centers around these eight kids. And he does really well by them. In terms, monetarily. That said, we were talking, I was like, you do not live in the house with these kids. So there's nothing you can tell me even if you lived in the house, that they, they all get as much a time and attention that you would want to give them. It's just, it's not possible. And he agreed. He was like, yeah, I don't live in the same house with them. My big mamas don't get along. I'm always juggling stuff. I work a lot. He's just like, you're right. I just, there is no way for me to do that. And it's going to be like that forever. And I'm thinking about that in terms of like Flavor Flav. Now, we all know Flavor Flav ain't paying child support. We know that part. So, in terms of money, he cannot support all these kids he's had. But he can't even give them time. He can't even give them support. He can't even, like... It, it's just impossible for him to be there. And so I always wonder about stuff like that. I wonder about what made Kate Gosling inject herself with extra hormones against doctors' wishes, wish, wishes to have a set of sectuplets. I don't think that's what she thought she was going to have. I think she thought she was the one of the set of twins. But I wonder whether, well, if she thinks a lot about the fact that it is impossible for her to be in all the places she needs to be at once. It's just impossible, especially now that she's divorced. Um, I mean, she's got two less kids with her. And, well, I mean, I'm going to, I want to talk about, John and Kate plus eight. I want to go to the season of John and Kate plus eight where they break up. And I want to talk about that season. And so we'll talk about it then. But even like moving on to Octomom, single mom, I've got this many kids. I've got, I'm, I'm going to have eight embryos implanted. I'm going to, you know, like, I also think it's about people who have like eight dogs. I'm going to be honest with you. If you got like a bunch of fucking dogs and you can't even take them on walks, I, I judge you. I think to yourself, why would you do all that? You need to, you need to find homes where someone can take care of those, those animals in a way that's best for them. I just, I don't know. Just hearing him say, I've got six kids and I want 10 before I die. I'm like, dude, yeah. I want to eat Chipotle every day. It's not good for you. It's not good for Chipotle. They're sick of me too. Jesus. So we get various results at the party. Um, Pumpkin is a substitute teacher and a cheerleading coach. How do I know that? She said that six million fucking times. She said it in the last two episodes. She said at the top of this episode. She said it as soon as she found out they were kids. She's 
she said it while she was taking care of the kids. She says it later when she when when Flav does not acknowledge she was good with the kids, all of that. Now, some of that might be editing because as you know, in 2006 and even sometimes today, they would replay parts of um, confessionals over and over again and make it seem like they were saying it again, even though they were wearing the same clothes. Like today we're too savvy for that. Like Portia on the Real Housewives of Atlanta is not going to like, we're not going to get, like if you show us her saying the same six words in her confessional over and over again, we're going to catch you. It's just, we're just going to, we're not going to buy it. But they chose to edit this episode as her saying this over and over and over again. And I really just like to unpack it a bit, you know? So the first thing I want to do is I want to talk about whether you can make a living as a substitute teacher. Now, I'm going to be completely honest and tell you I don't know like what the fuck I'm talking about here. But my impression is that substitute teaching is very much like one, I mean, there's some plan outages and stuff, but a lot of it is like, am I going to work today? It really depends. Like, like. Like, I can't imagine someone making a complete living as a substitute teacher, a la Dorothy from Golden Girls, right? It always seemed like a part-time gig to me, like something you just kind of did to make it. Like, somebody might be a stay-at-home mom most of the time, but she was also a substitute teacher. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like that. So I'm like, she keeps saying she's a substitute teacher and a cheerleading coach. Can you, the way she's saying it as a substitute teacher is her livelihood but is that a way to make like that's like saying I work part-time at Payless not that I'm saying like working at Payless and being a teacher are like the same thing also Payless just went out of business so maybe that's a terrible analogy but do you understand what I'm trying to get at here I'm not sure I'd love to hear from somebody who is like a professional substitute teacher and that's all they do and like they make a full-time living from it um or if you know like like can you do that uh, Instagram is where I'm mostly at when I'm talking about this podcast. It's at by pumpkin podcast at pumpkins with one P by the way, just the way Flav misspelled it. So, um, that's one thing I want to know and cheerleading coach. So so when I think of that, I think she works in one of those like big cheer gyms where like there's lots of classes and she teaches a couple of classes a week and she, they, like or maybe maybe um you know her age range that she teaches you know they also do competitions and shit so like she so that seems more like a full-time job like that seems like her job and she teach teaches on the side or is it more like so she works part-time there she teaches a couple of classes a week and makes a certain amount of money um and you know coaches for like team events and things like that. And she makes a certain amount of money, but she also does substitute teaching on the side because those classes mostly happen in the evening after school. I don't know. What do you guys think? I, either way, she said a million fucking times. So she's very upset. Um, Goldie had a kid run up on her and threw right up on her, which is karma. Karma. Although, sure looked like that kid like threw a yogurt on her. That looks like, that looked like straight yogurt, not throw up, but whatever. Um, Sirius is over it. She rightfully complains about them doing an egg toss with toddlers and they're just throwing eggs on the ground, but she wins. And it's probably because she's put her feet in the eggs like a crazy person. Back home, um, Sweetie is asking the girls if they would have stayed all night with Flav. Because, I mean, I guess like Flav kind of like brought that up. It seemed like a possibility. And she's like, would you have done it? Like, and she even does it like this. Would you have stayed all night with him fully on making out? Like, that's what you do when you stay all night with someone. Yeah, just making out all night long. And Hottie and Oyster are like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what's the question? I let him teabag me. Yeah. Or do you teabag him? I don't know. Balls in the mouth. I do that. I do that. Yeah. Anal sex. I'm into it. I do it. Like... And Hottie's just like sitting there like, oh, I wouldn't even kiss him at the Red Lobster. Okay, okay. Um, so when they, like I said, when they get back, Pumpkin's upset, like very upset because she feels, because because Flav gave everybody like good feedback and and she, it may, I guess, 
she just felt like it made her look stupid that she wasn't good with kids. And New York and Hoops kind of get into it because New York is like really pushing and prodding at Hoops, saying that she looks sad and she okay. And Hoops is getting upset by that and is like getting a little aggressive back to her. Not nearly as aggressive as Rain with the big teeth and the big mouth was doing, but more like, you know, you getting on my nerves, bitch. And it's another example of New York is playing a reality TV game. I don't know how, she, maybe she's like that in real life. Because my understanding is this is New York's first reality TV. She, this isn't like, she she wasn't trying to get on a reality TV show the whole time. This is just who she is. I don't, maybe that's true. But the way she plays things is she plays things very reality TV. And that is very like a soft but annoying prod. And then, but Hoops is doing real life shit. And she's like annoyed. Like you're in, you're, she's not in her face, but you're in her business and you keep like, implying that something's going on that she's not telling the truth and hoops seems like a type of girl that will fight somebody to be honest so she's getting a little aggressive and again it makes hoops look irrational and it makes new york like what i just asked if you're okay i mean she's still i mean she seems like a bitch but still once again she's initiating something with someone and yet they are the one that's heightened it. And so they're the ones that like they heighten things. Um, Sirius gets to go on a loan date with Flav. By the way, their date is on the lawn of the mansion, I think. I think. I'm pretty sure it is. I don't think they went anywhere. She didn't get Cheddar Bay biscuits. And I would have been pissed. I would have been like, did you get Popeyes or something and bring it in here? Like, I want to eat out. Shit. Go to Chipotle. Do something. So Flav asked a question and it seems like a question that was not told to him to ask. It seems like a question he would actually ask. And then he basically says, I'm 46, you're 23. Are you sexually attracted to me? Is that even a thing? And if Sirius was real serious about the truth, she would have been like, no, I'm not attracted to you. I think I might be able to get attracted to you. But in terms of like looking just... I walk in a room, I see you, and, like, being lustful. I hope I'm explaining myself. I hope I'm, like, getting my point across here. Because it's not that I think no one ever, like, want to have sex with Flav. It's not, I'm not saying that. I'm not even saying that, like, you couldn't get to know Flav and then be like, he's actually pretty sexy. Like, the way he laughed. I'm not saying that. Like, there are some really not good-looking guys that, that you can be around. And their swag, their the way they make you laugh, like the way they do things can make you find them more attractive. I'm just saying that Sirius, what are we on the third episode? So she's probably been in the house 10 days or something like that and spent very minimal time with Flav. So she's basically going on looks. I just, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. But she bullshits him and it's basically like, yeah, I'm already a little attracted to you. I could be more attracted to you. And I mean, that's pretty much the day he walks her back to the house and he walks her all the way up to her room. Pumpkin is there. Um, he usually doesn't walk people back to their room. So that makes me think the producer told him to because Pumpkin would be there. Um, again, she's talking about her two jobs and he's like, don't take it personally. And then they start making out, which is like gross. And, that's when Red Oyster, aka the undercover cop of the house, goes to see Flav because she, because keep in mind, everyone's sick of serious. She's talking about being a model. She brought her King magazine where she was booty modeling there. You guys know what King magazine is? It's like, or it was like an urban magazine that just had like a lot of, I mean, I don't, I don't think it had any content but women's pictures. It was, it wasn't necessarily like a Playboy in that way, but. Kind of, like, there were lots of pictures in there of, like, aspiring models with nice asses, you know, things like that. I don't know if it had con other content. I don't remember. But uh, King Magazine used to be a thing. It used to, it played heavily in a storyline on on uh, Basketball at Wives LA, too, one time, too, sure. So... She's bringing a magazine she's in. She's she's bringing a collage of her pictures and, like, books and stuff. 
And people are saying that she wants, that. the truth is she's only up there for like promo. She's only on the show to like further her modeling career. I talked about this last week about how there were lots of people on the show that had like entertainment type wants that they were like, yeah, this is how I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to further my career. I don't know if Sirius is one of those people. Um, Listen, uh, models are launched from reality TV shows all the time. Gigi and Bella Hadid. Yeah, like this happens. But in 2006, about two, 2006, and I'm a, she says she's a working model, which is great. It means that's what she does for a living. She's not a bartender as well and all these other things. But, um, you know, 2006, I live in Atlanta. I'm a booty model and like probably a catalog model. I probably walk in like local shows and shit like that. Um, maybe print and I'm trying to take my career to the next level going on this show I don't don't necessarily know this was going to help her in that way unless she like really took off unless she became the New York of this show unless she became like a big fixture on the show and she never did but if it's 2006 and I'm a booty model from Atlanta, I might think it's going to help me. So maybe, I don't know. You know what? I reject the idea that anybody's there for, for flavor. I, I reject that idea altogether. So yeah. Yeah. And it's possible that she could be there to, to like have a good time and see how this goes and also want to advance her career. Yes. Yes. I don't know. I just, I, I feel like it was just time for her to go and they decided it was time for her to go. You know, and she was like, fuck, now I got to go back to MySpace and try to make it work. All right, so it's elimination time, and the usual suspects get their clocks, and, the, you know, a pumpkin, a hottie, a goldie, a hoops, a oyster. They get their, their clocks. And the people who don't get their clocks, Peaches, a white girl, and Sirius. I think Peaches is the only white girl left. I mean, Peaches and Pumpkin were the only white girls left. So Peaches and Sirius go home. Sirius, I think it was really interesting that Sirius went home. Real name was Crystal, or maybe it was Cristal, it's spelled like it could be either way. Um, it was really interesting because normally when you get an alone date, you don't go home that night, that, that episode. So that's really interesting. So it seems like she went home based only on the fact that Red Oyster was like, she's, she's here for modeling. I honestly think that she probably, they probably were just like, we got what we needed from her. That's it. <laughs> There's nothing else. Let her go. Um... Peaches, the hippie's real name is Kim. She, she, as she left, she was like, she and Flav are connected. Flav is really connected into the, into the mysteries of life, which is like, oh, okay, so she's high. And then, Sirius is crying. Sirius says, Flav is an intellectual and she can dig that. And I'm just like, they made you say this shit, girl. They made you say this. Anyway, she's like crying really badly. She feels terrible. And I almost feel terrible for her. I couldn't have been a PA on this show. You know, whoever had to drive him back to their hotel or take him to the airport and shit. I couldn't have because I, because I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a soft touch. That's not who I am. But I am going to say that like, I am going to say that if it feels like, Like, I obviously, on the show, like, this is bullshit, guys. Like, none of you are attracted to him. And if you get him, I promise you, you don't want him. Like, I I could be feeling that way, but the fact that they are, like, crying and feeling terrible about it would hurt me. Or maybe not hurt me, but I would just feel, like, a lot of empathy for them. And I think that it would be hard for me to drive them back to the hotel. They're, like, crying, like, why didn't he want me? He looks like a burnt cookie. Why wouldn't he want me? And I'm like, it's not your fault, baby. He's got an actual girlfriend. Which I think she's pregnant. Like, I, I would have, like, literally told them the tea. Because I just sort of felt bad. Like, like, I, like, sometimes with my kids, like, they annoy the fuck out of me because they want something or they're so focused on something that doesn't fucking matter. Like, like, they're arguing over a coloring sheet, and I'm like, 
I could print like a million of these. It doesn't matter. Like, this is not enough to strangle each other over. And they're like crying all hard. And they're like, I just want the way the blue color is. And that's how I feel sometimes when I'm watching these people cry at the end. I'm like, yeah, it. if you're the person in charge of the color, she's kind of annoying. But it's also like, I guess it's, it, it hits hard because they're grown adults that have like placed place a lot of importance on this coloring sheet and you're like mm, it kind of didn't matter either way girl it didn't matter either way so i mean next week's one of my favorite episodes of the entire series of all three seasons and it's the episode with flav's mom who looks just like flav him and flav like she and flav look exactly alike where she takes them to church and they make chicken and hottie makes this terrible chicken and also, it's a great episode because New York smokes a cigarette while Hoops and Pumpkin take turns pretending they want to blow Flav. It is literally one of my favorites. I can't wait till next week, guys. All right. Bye.